Hey, Lori. Thanks for being with us. This is, I guess, our fifth um, in-between podcast. We call it the in-between podcast because it's like the idea was that it'd be in-between sermons, you know? We loved having you come teach and be with us. Super cool. And I just think it's kind of fun to follow up and talk a little bit more about, you know, what you taught on and yeah. maybe I'll add some of the things that it made me think of or whatever. But do you want to just introduce yourself, Lori? Sure. I'm Lori Riley, and I go to Radiant Church by Celia. I've been friends with Nolan Megan for lots and lots of years, <laughs> done a lot of life and church with them. So yeah, it was a real <clears throat> honor to be in Exeter and yeah. get to see what you guys are up to out there. Yeah. So we met you guys, I guess it was 2010 is when we came to Radiant. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so that's now like 14 years ago, almost 13 years ago. Um but you guys, yeah, I mean, like, tell us even some of that. Like, because you were part of the initial group that started started Radiant. Yep. So you were part of church planning then. And you guys liked it so much that you <laughs> went and did it again. Yep. So tell us a little bit about that. So, yeah, we were part of the initial group that planted Radiant right when we had first gotten married and moved yeah. back to Visalia after college. So, yeah. yep. And then, um, How yeah. times have changed. <laughs> So, you know, we moved to Sacramento with right. um, a few other couples and lived there for a little over three years. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, so I have a lot to relate to in, in <laughs> what you're doing in Exeter. Yeah, and totally. When we first showed up at Radiant, they told us like people, someone, we, we, we were looking for a church and someone told us, oh, I think you'll love Radiant. It was actually, I think it was. I think it was Jill Ludlow, actually, that okay. told us that. And she said that it was like probably 80 to 100 people, which I, I think is interesting because that's about the size that we are wow. at Exeter Valley right now. So wow. playing it back like that is kind of fun. I mean, one of the things I love about you and Eric is that, yeah, I guess just you guys are kind of just like down to go for it, you know? So much so that you, you I mean, you lived through the plant of Radiant, and then you decided to be a part of another plant. Like, Why? Why would you do that to yourselves? Like, what do you, like, what, what would you say is the thing that's driven you to do that? I think, um, I mean, we've always just loved the local church. Yeah. And so I think in, that's looked very different in different seasons of life. Like Eric's yeah. been on staff at Radiant. Yeah. He's worked in the marketplace. I'm currently on staff yeah. at Radiant. Yeah. I've worked in the marketplace. Yeah. So it's ebbed and flowed in different seasons of life, but We've just always been committed to giving yeah. our life to the church. And I yeah. think, you know, that's looked like, yeah, just different. That felt like it represented more of a, you know, a larger risk for us. Yeah. Um, Eric loves risk. So that's okay. That's in yeah. his forte. <laughs> yeah, not you though. You're, not me. Yeah. I'm a little more risk your notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it just felt like, what God asked us to do in that season. Yeah. So it, for me, it looked um, like a step of obedience. Um, yeah. I wasn't in any way looking to leave, you know, the Radiant yeah. family, but it's also just yeah. something, part of our vision and something we've embodied yeah. as a church culture to plant churches. And I think that's, you know, we yeah. believe that's the way the lost are found yeah. and prodigals come home and all of that. So. Yeah. It has a lot of pain in it, like not getting to be together in the same, you know, yeah, like little you, building together, yeah. like with you guys yeah. or Jared and Rachel and Tulare, yeah. but there's also so much fruit that comes from it that yeah. 
Let's jump into the passage. Would you mind reading it for us? Oh, man. Okay, so Matthew 26. When Jesus had finished this discourse, he said to his disciples, You know that the Passover is coming in two days, and the Son of Man is to be betrayed and handed over for crucifixion. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the courtyard of the home of the high priest, whose name is Caiaphas, and plotted together to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said it must not be during the festival, the Passover, otherwise there might be a riot among the people. Now when Jesus was back in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster vial of very expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' head as he reclined at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were indignant and angry, saying, Why all this waste? For this perfume might have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you bothering the woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you will always have the poor with me, but you will not, or you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told in memory of her. Yeah, I think this passage is just like, it's this beautiful like act of love and adoration and worship that we get to kind of like peer into. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of passage that are kind of like directly teaching you something or yeah. telling you what to do oh, right. or not to do. Right. And I think this passage, you're just like getting this intimate look at someone's heart for Jesus and then his heart. So I think both her response and Jesus's response are just stunning in yeah. this passage. So I think when you look at the other gospels, we learn that this is Mary. Right. Um, Mary of Bethany. And yeah. we have other pictures of her life that all kind of like go along with this kind yeah. of final act for yeah. her. Um, so we see her sitting at Jesus's right. feet. We That's see right. even her relationship with Jesus over the course of time that she's following him. So you know, he also publicly affirms her um, during that Mary and Martha moment right. when she's sitting at his right. feet and he affirms her then. Um, yeah. So we know that they have like a close yeah. friendship. Yeah, totally. I mean, Jesus raised her brother from the dead. Yeah. So um, I think her response like is just so stunning because I think there's so many moments and characters where people are missing it continually, which right. is our human experience. Oh, for sure. so, but for this one moment, it feels like so, someone gets it oh, and has like her heart matches like the worth of Christ in yeah. that moment. Like, yeah. and she just pours it out. And I think like, I, when I think of this passage and I think what challenges and com convicts me maybe is just like this question of where is your treasure like yeah. what is your supreme treasure yeah. and we yeah. see for mary yeah. her supreme Jesus. treasure is christ yeah and yeah. she without hesitation um pours it out you yeah. know and i think even in the face of not being received or possibility of being mocked mm -hmm. Or being inappropriate. I mean, that right. was probably a very inappropriate thing for a woman to yeah. do. Like yeah. she was not the main yeah. event in that room. Right. Um, and in that culture, that would have been pretty inappropriate. Yeah. But I think just you see like an extravagant 
worship and devotion to Christ. Yeah. And then I also love Jesus's response. So I think I feel just like pretty taken back by, um, I guess the way you can move the heart of God. So I don't, uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. I think of that. I think a lot of times yeah. as Christians, we like do things for God. We, we can be yeah. dutiful people. We know yeah. we're supposed to do X, Y, Z, but I yeah. think in this, even in, in this picture, like what she did mattered personally to Jesus. And I think his like personal validation to her is striking. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, and I had shared this on Sunday of just the thought that the volume of perfume and how potent it would be, like he would have been smelling like yeah. her act of love yeah, for wild. days and yeah. possibly even as he went to the cross. Yeah. You know, he said, like, you did this for my burial. And so yeah. I think it just, it was personal to him. Yeah. It meant something to him. Uh, I guess I feel struck by that. You know, oftentimes our plight is to move our hearts towards God. Yeah. Um, you know, um, when we think of worship, like, that's one of the main things that we're trying to do is to just like, or, you know, it's like, I mean, our whole lives are worship, but the singing and, 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 those times like are are an attempt to get our hearts mm -hmm. aligned with his, but we don't often think about what's happening to his heart in relationship to us. So that's a great point that you make. And I love that you brought up like the, the history that she had mm -hmm. with Jesus, you know, as we've been working our way through the gospel of Matthew, I guess I've felt like, I felt like kind of burdened with, oh my gosh, a lot of people don't get it and they're right there with uh -huh. them. And then like kind of this like sense to where um, like he's kind of expecting me to get it. Like I need to get it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so like it feels super rare in the Gospel of Matthew that she gets it so well. You know, the phrase that will stick with me from what you taught was, you know, just the idea that it's not waste, it's worship. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I was, I, I love that. I was wondering, like, if there was any ways that you specifically felt personally challenged, mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, I often think like when I'm getting ready to teach something like, ah, oh, dang it, it's like something's getting triggered or pointed on, pointed at, you know, yep. and I was just wondering, like, I was, yeah, like, I mean, personally, you know, like, how, how do you feel like challenged by Mary's response? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I just, just that question of like where your treasure is, you know, yeah. I feel really like even prior to this passage, um, just really like that being touched on. And I think, you know, I, I think I shared this in there, like this story of like the rich young ruler yeah. contrasted to like, um, the, the parable of the man who finds the treasure and right. it says sells. in his joy, he right. sells everything yeah. to gain it. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, like, moments like these these stories these pictures these characters from the bible it's like this uh, it's unsettling it's unnerving a little because you it just kind of stops you in your tracks and i think when i read this you know the i just end up saying like what what is she seeing in jesus yeah. that i'm not seeing that i need yeah. to see you know like what what does she know yeah. and i think you know like you were saying how so often people missed it so mm -hmm. I think it just begs that question, like when you do see someone getting it or like, yeah, the, the parable of the man who just like 
Yes, this is it. Yeah. I, in my joy, not even like, cause I have to, (laughs) I want to, because I'm gaining like something so valuable. So Mm -hmm. I think this just like recognizing and seeing the value of Christ and it being worth everything is so challenging because I can see where that doesn't feel true in my life of where I'm hanging on to things where I feel tight fisted or, you know, where it does. So I think that like, just in that, in his joy or in Mary's case, like this wasn't an act of obedience. It was an act of love. Like he didn't ask her to do it. She wasn't told to do it. So I think for me, like I can feel pretty obedient or dutiful at times. Like if God asks me to do that, I'm going to do it. But like, where is that bubbling over whether it's generosity or joy or worship that isn't because you have to but because you want to because you're seeing something like so beautiful and incredible in christ that it's like i want to do this i mean i want to say you know i think like the reason that and and what i've seen from your life from you and eric and the way that you've lived your life you know is like i think that there's been some like well, is like moving the whole family worth it? Yeah, because he's worth it, you mm-hmm. know? And now is the, are the dollars and cents going to add up? Is it going to, you know, I don't know. I find myself thinking like, how do I get to that spot to where I get it like she got it? Yeah. And I don't think, I, I'm just like, I don't know if I'm there, you know? I want to get there mm-hmm. to that spot because I think that there's a ton of risk associated with um, pouring yourself out like yeah. that. Um, at least it feels risky. But I guess in the final analysis, it's actually not risky, even though it can, humanly speaking, feel pretty risky. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you see some things apparently in that story, you know, in terms of like Mary's humility to like, you find her sitting at the feet of Jesus listening. And at least in this story, you find Judas kind of instructing Jesus a little yeah. bit, like, yeah. hey, don't you think this would have been better? Right. And hey, don't you think you need to tell this woman to knock it off? Yeah. Like, so I think you see a different position of their hearts. And I mean, yeah. ultimately, we don't get to know all the inner workings yeah. of Judas. However, like the John version of this passage does give you some hints where yeah. it says like, Hey, just in case you think Judas is a good guy wanting to care for the poor, yeah. this is actually motivated right. by, it says, you know, he was a thief who would help himself to the money yeah. bag. So yeah. I think you see that hook um, of love of money. And, yeah. you know, it it sounds simplistic and I'm sure it was more complex. Um, I did actually read this passage this morning and it made me think of Judas and this story. So in oh, First yeah. Timothy, okay. but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into yeah. a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Man. And I mean, that was written after Judas, yeah. but it just seems like, wow, that really totally describe exactly easily what refer did. back yeah. to his story. And again, I think that this passage isn't like about money, but it is about your heart and treasure. And I think we are told repeatedly throughout scripture, like you can't love both things. Yeah. Like, and yeah. so I do think there is 
you know, maybe a secondary warning in this passage that it's like he did have a different treasure than Mary's treasure. That's something that is telling is that one that Judas like put himself kind of in the position almost like over Christ. Like, yeah. And, um, but then also, yeah, like he's probably thinking, I mean, I'm imagining he's like, no, like, Hmm. don't, if you're going to do something with all some, like he's thinking to himself, no, don't do that with the money that I'm going to steal, you know, do something, Mm -hmm. do something else with it. I mean, I think sometimes wealth is like, it's kind of like gluttony maybe, isn't it? Where it's like kind of the excusable, like Christian sin or like greed, you know? And we, we tend to like not take some things as seriously as we ought to. Yep. But, but like all growing up, like it was easy to take Judas's actions of betrayal. Like we take betrayal very seriously. Mm-hmm. We're like, how could Judas betray Jesus? Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense, right? But I think what we don't do is consider how dangerous our our greed mm-hmm. and our desire for wealth can be to the extent like like what you're suggesting is that Ju- Judas essentially betrayed the Christ for like to line his pockets, you know? Well, anyways, thanks so much, Lori. Yeah. I appreciate your follow-up. Super fun to make this. I think like the the kind of in-between podcast is really like, um, if nothing else, it's mm-hmm. getting me excited during the middle of the week because I always think of things that either we don't have time to talk about or I wish that somebody was like talking me through, yeah. you know, when I was preaching. Um, so these things are super just fun for me, if nothing else. But and thanks, thanks for sitting down um, to talk about it. It's been fun. Thanks, Noel. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Hope I get to come you out to it. Exeter again. Yeah, for sure. We'd love that.